Welcome to the Strong Men, Strong Marriages podcast. Here we are on a mission to get strong, get attractive, and get the marriage of our dreams. I'm your host, Mike Frazier. Let's do this. All right, men, welcome to today's episode of Strong Men, Strong Marriages, how to stop being codependent in marriage. So a lot of guys that um, will come in, they'll sort of identify this. They'll say, you know, I think uh, there is some codependency. I think I might be sort of codependent on my wife. So, uh, you know, today we're going to talk about what that means, how to step out of that uh, in a really powerful way. So my name is Mike Frazier, MD. I'm a psychiatrist and marriage coach, and I help high achieving Christian men have more intimate marriages. So some wins from the guys in our program, Love, Intimacy, and Legacy this week. Uh, so, you know, guys, they, they come in in different spots, like, you know, but overall, there's just not a good connection. You're just like not really enjoying that time with your wife. So, you know, some of the guys are just being able to reconnect over dinner, just sit down and, and have that nice meal together. A lot of the guys that come in, they, that's what they want, right? They want to have those meaningful moments as a family. And they're, guys in the program, they're creating that. Uh, guys, they're finishing that apology letter. That's a big thing that we do of really helps us do step one of really changing ourselves at that deep level, which is identify and eliminate the negative, unattractive patterns we have. So we put this apology letter together, helps us see that, you know, guys will get really emotional about this. They'll get tearful. They'll really see the pain that they've caused. And it's really important. Okay. This is the process I went through this process. The guys go through. It's powerful. Okay. So having the ability to listen to your wife's frustrations about you without becoming angry or defensive guys are doing that. And it's very hard it takes a lot of emotional management, a lot of emotional skill to do that, but it's important, right? We need to be able to listen to those complaints that our wives have so without getting all frustrated or upset or defensive and all of that. Okay. Understand her. We got to understand that's what creates safety. Okay. Trust. Um, so, you know, some of the guys too, they had holiday parties this weekend. They were able to just dance with their lives, have fun. I was able to do that too. Uh, just have a really good time, you know, hold hands together, you know, create that intimacy, uh, really powerful. Um, so guys are being able to have that day to day, just great communication with their wife, talking at those deep levels, not having the fights that they used to have, uh, even after infidelity or even after it's been like lots of years of disconnection, they're doing it. Okay. They're really reinventing their relationships. Okay. Guys are being able to provide comfort for their wife without being able to fix it the, without, without trying to fix it. Okay. A lot of times just being there for your wife is the fix. You know, being able to put your arm around her or just talk to her and listen, you know, guys are doing that without, you know, jumping in, trying to change anything. Okay. It's powerful. Being able to have intimacy after infidelity. Okay. Creating a whole new relationship that's full of trust and great communication, physical, mental, emotional intimacy. Guys are doing it. Okay. So if that's you, you've been unfaithful, you know, you can get there. You can recover from it. Okay. Being able to take some breaths, avoid angry outbursts, really powerful. Okay with their kids, with uh, their wives, with everybody. And then for me, I kind of shared already, but my wife and I went to a really fun Christmas party, uh, some old work friends and uh, really cool. And then my wife went on a girl's trip uh, also this weekend. We kind of met <laughs> as she was on a girl's trip. She had a local one um, for the party, but uh, it's been really good for her to connect with a friend and just have fun together. And so that's been, been a win too. So good week, good week. Um, that can be you too. So come join our program, right? So talking about codependency again, what is codependency? So it was originally created for, you know, substance abuse. So drugs, alcohol. Um, so one person's acting irresponsibly with drugs or alcohol. 
And then there's someone called an enabler, and you might have heard that term before. So the enabler basically helps them avoid the consequences of those actions. Okay, so like if someone's doing drugs or alcohol, they'll provide for them financially so they don't have to work and they can just, you know, do drugs or alcohol during the day. They'll enable them emotionally, right? Maybe these folks are being abusive to them, but they just kind of stick around, right? Or they make excuses for, oh, you know, she's just having a hard time or, you know, he just, he's had a lot of trauma and so he has, he acts this way, right? So they might keep for quote unquote forgiving them for infidelity or for continued drug use or alcohol use, um, might help them avoid legal trouble. You know, Oh, they don't need to go to rehab. That's too hard on them. You know, that's just going to be really tough for them emotionally to go through that. So again, the enabler takes on a lot of the, um, responsibility, right? They, they quote unquote sacrifice for the person that's using drugs or alcohol, but of course it doesn't really help either person. The enabling person just gets kind of worn down. Um, the person using drugs or alcohol just keeps using that and doing damage to their uh, their body, mind, heart, and spirit through that. So that's kind of the original term for codependency. So in marriage, it, it operates a little bit differently. Okay, so guys will identify with being codependent. You know, one of the early guys that came in, that was kind of his big complaint. He realized, oh yeah, I am being codependent, but it's more this emotional codependence versus like you know your wife's using drugs or something. Right. So, but what happens is they put their own needs aside, like all the time. Okay. They're hyper vigilant about meeting their wife's needs, mental and emotional needs. Right. So they're constantly thinking, okay, like I have to make my wife happy. I've got to do this. She seems upset. Right. And, uh, you know, I got to make sure she's taken care of, you know, financially and emotionally and all of that. Okay. What does she need? What does she need? How can I help her? Right. Um, and then they try to avoid upsetting their wife at all costs. Okay. So they won't bring up difficult conversations. They won't say to their wife, Hey, like what you're doing there is a problem. That's not going to work. Right. They avoid all of that uh, because they're so worried about making their wife happy. Okay. And then usually they lose themselves in the process, right? It's kind of hard for them to identify what they want in their relationship. Or maybe they'll just say, Oh, I just want more sex. Right. Without being able to understand, like maybe there's some other things you could ask for here that, you know, are better things to ask for first, right? Than to just ask for sex. Because remember, for your wife to want to have sex with you, you, you got to build those other things first, right? The trust, the mentally emotional intimacy, okay? But you can ask for little things that you want. Like, for example, if you want to drive to cook some meals, you can ask for that, right? If you wanted to do the laundry, you can ask for that, okay? And guys, a lot of times they won't because like, oh, my wife, went out, my she might not like that. You know, I have to really be there for her. I really just want to, you know, show her the love languages and do all that. and you know, have a hard time asking for really anything while feeling really overwhelmed. They'll also kind of shut down hobbies. And this was me, right? So, you know, shut down hobbies, like hanging out with friends or playing sports or, you know, guys, they'll used to fish, they'll stop doing that. Or, you know, they used to build models or go, you know, race cars or whatever. They'll just like stop doing all that stuff because they're just trying to make their wife happy all the time. So a lot of times they'll do this because they feel like they're doing quote unquote, the Christian thing to do. So, you know, you'll hear that that quote, you know, it's better to give than to receive. So they're doing all this kind of with this hope that they'll be seen a certain way, that they'll be seen as like this martyr. And a lot of times they are, you know, their wife kind of sees it and she's kind of grateful, but she's not particularly sexually attracted to that. And, and we'll see why in a second, but, and, and I'll tell you, right. Being emotionally codependent, it's really not emotionally strong. 
And so women, they're attracted to strength, right? They're not really attracted to the quote unquote, nice guy, people pleaser. that's just like doing everything nice for her without like even knowing who he is. Okay. Um, they're not sexually attracted to that. They're kind of grateful for her because you're doing lots of things for him, but they're not really attracted, sexually attracted to that. But yeah, because there's the intention behind it isn't actually that good. And we'll get into that in a minute. But sometimes guys, again, they're doing all these nice things because they want to be the good Christian. They want to be seen as this great husband, this great father, this great you know person serving the community. And a lot of times they are seen that way. So they're recognized at church or at uh, school or in the community. Wow. You know, this guy, he's, he's doing everything. He's doing great. Even their wife's friends might say, oh yeah, he's doing so great. And definitely that was me. You know, I was doing a lot of these things to get that attention. And I did get it from other people, just not really from my wife. Cause again, they didn't pick up this whole codependent thing that was happening, right? Where my wife could, because she was experiencing it every day. So, but that made it harder on me, right? Cause I'm like, well, everybody else can see it, but my wife can't. And so you end up resentful. That's kind of the biggest key. You can know if you're being codependent, if you, if you're feeling resentful a lot, like, Hey, you know, I'm doing so much for my wife, but she's not doing really very much for me. Okay. And you feel that resentment building up. So it's really part of this mosquito cycle, right? You're doing nice things for your wife. Okay. But the expectation is that at some point, you know, she's going to appreciate that. She's going to give you attention, appreciation, affection, and sex. Maybe not right now, but eventually, right? Or, you know, even if she doesn't, you can kind of get that from other people. Maybe not the sex part, but the attention, appreciation, and affection. You know, somebody will give it to you. And then you start getting especially mad that your wife won't give it to you, right? So when she doesn't, you start getting frustrated when you don't get that attention, appreciation, affection, and sex, okay? Eventually, that resentment builds up right? And you either explode. So like, you know, this kind of happened in our marriage where this stuff built up and built up and built up. And, you know, my wife had kind of like found some things I'd written that I was really frustrated and, you know, she didn't know. And it was my fault, right? I hadn't told her that I was so frustrated. Right. Um, so other times it would come out in our marriage. I'd say, you know, I'd go a long time with being okay with no sex. And then finally I'd be like, look, we can't do this anymore. Right? And she was like, well, you know, okay, I guess I'm trying. Right. But again, that was because that was the only thing I was asking for versus asking for this other stuff. And again, this other, these other things were going on. You know, I wasn't really being trustworthy. I wasn't really asking for what I wanted. I was being codependent. Okay. So, or guys will, besides exploding escape, so they'll go turn to pornography or, you know, go start talking with another woman, have an affair or whatever. And so then, you know, you feel guilty after that. And then you go back into the cycle. You start doing nice things for her again. Okay. Like, especially if you're trying to look good to your community and you have an affair, you know, that kind of blew that up. And so you feel guilty about that. Again, go back to doing nice things for life and just kind of cycles over and over. What we're looking at more and more in the program now and working with guys is like the, the root of this, right? It's like, what's, what's the, where's this really coming from? So a lot of time it, Look, it's basically always because your self-worth is based on the opinions of other people, right? The opinion of your wife, the opinion of people at church, the people at work, wherever, right? And so you put your own needs aside. You take this, it's better to give than receive attitude. So you can be seen as this martyr, basically, right? Oh, I can put myself aside. I'm such a good person, you know, and then hoping, oh, eventually my wife sees that and I get to kind of paid back for all this sacrifice I've been doing. And really that is sort of the promise of Christianity in a way, right? That some of the things you deny right now, you'll be blessed later on, you know, you know, if you give up, 
riches here, you'll get, you know, 10 times more riches in the eternities, you know? So there's some of that going on. And, and not that I'm saying that's not true, but I'm saying when it gets applied to a marriage in this way, it creates issues. Okay. Cause again, your self-worth is off. You know, it's, you're trying to get that self-worth from other people telling you that you're good. And so you're trying to create this image of being good. So you get that appreciation. Okay. That happens with your wife too. So a lot of times too, guys, what's at the root of codependency is maybe you had to manage your parents' emotions at home growing up. Okay. So maybe your your mom or your dad was just kind of up and down a lot emotionally, and you kind of had to take the position of trying to manage that, right? Trying to keep that parent calm, trying to play peacemaker at home. Okay. Maybe when your parents had a drug or alcohol problem and it kind of landed on you to really be very attuned to their emotions so that you could sort of manage that. Ed Milet talks about that, how his father was an alcoholic and he had to become very attuned to this, you know, what his dad's moods were so that he wouldn't freak out. And you start as a kid, right? You kind of take that responsibility like, oh, other people's emotions are my responsibility. Okay. And so when you learn that early, and a lot of times it doesn't really translate other places, but it starts translating just in your marriage, okay? Um, where outside in the outside world, you're kind of operating fine, but then inside you really have this fear of your wife being upset or not liking you or whatever. And you, you know, really try to manage that emotion because you're, you're worried, right? And it comes from this younger part of you, you know, that was feeling like they had to manage other people's emotions, okay? So a lot of times it comes from there right? That it makes you that hyper vigilant, right? About meeting her needs. So she doesn't get upset. Cause again, that's, there's sort of like a younger part of you there that doesn't want to do that. Okay. Doesn't want to upset people because they're worried about the reaction. Okay. So another thing that can happen is if you're overly focused on quote unquote, making your wife happy, it makes it hard for you to identify or ask for what you want or take care of yourself, right? You stop taking care of your own mentally, emotional, physical, sexual needs, right? And desires because you're just wanting to make her happy all the time. Okay. You kind of lose yourself. Right? So the, the other thing that happens, right, is you try to make your wife responsible for making you feel good, you know, without being able to tell her what makes you feel good. <laughs> so it's tricky, right? You know, you're happy wife, happy life, make her happy, make her happy, make her happy. And then eventually she'll make me happy, but you don't actually ever tell her what's going to make you happy. Right. Um, there's that quote from, uh, David Schnarch, your wife can prop up your ego or your penis, but not both. And so codependency, the bottom line is you are trying to get your wife to prop up your ego, to tell you you're great, to give you attention, appreciation, affection, and sex. Um, and you know, without identifying what will help you. Right. And also that's very unattractive. And again, the other thing there can be part of this sort of trauma component to it, where you've grown up with this sense of, okay, I have to manage other people's emotions. I have to manage other people's expectations. Sometimes that even comes from, you know, the, uh, religious system. Maybe you got brought up and you have to look this way. You have to do everything right. Or you're not good enough. Okay. And so when it comes to being a husband, you kind of take that same thing. I have to do everything right. Or I'm not good enough. And my wife has to tell me I'm good enough. or I don't feel good enough. Okay. All of that. So what ends up happening, right? Is you're trying, 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 right? You're trying to manage your emotions. You're trying to do what's right. Um, you know, 
you're hoping to get something back. You don't get it and you end up resentful, right? And everybody's frustrated. Your wife might be saying things like, yeah, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Not that attracted to you. I don't know why, but it's because of these things, right? It's because you're anxious trying to manage your emotions. It's because you don't actually feel self-worth. You're trying to suck it off from her. Okay. So eventually that we may have this explosion with our wife, right? And sometimes, and usually it feels out of nowhere because we haven't done a good job asking for what we want throughout the marriage. So there's all of a sudden one day we're like, I can't believe this. You know, I'm, I'm doing all this for you. You don't do anything for me. You know, it's like, what are you talking about? You like never asked me to do anything. You know, my wife and I have had this discussion. I really don't ask her to do that much. I'm getting a lot better at that. But historically, you know, I don't really ask for much. She asked me to do a decent amount of things, which I appreciate. You know, I want her to tell me things I can do to help her. Um, but yeah, I, um, I haven't been great. I'm getting better and it's great. You know, like it's <laughs> this is what I'm teaching guys. Like you can ask for what you want. A lot of times your wife will just do it if you're clear on it. Um, but again, if you, if you never say what you want and then all of a sudden you're just like, Oh, I can't believe this. And you know, all this is happening. It, the other thing too, is if your wife does have like depression or anxiety and you've been, you, you can sort of feel like you can't, bring up that that's hard on you, or you can't bring up requests with her because you are sort of trying to manage your emotions coming from a good place, but you, know, you kind of hide that for a long time. And then it can just come out in this explosion. You know, when I was working with um, folks in the PTSD program at the VA, so these are guys, vet, veterans, you know, they've been through Iraq, Afghanistan, seen lots of hard stuff. Um, and, you know, they're obviously suffering, but then sometimes their, their wife would come in and then she'd be like, oh my gosh, it is so hard to be married to this guy. And it was like, I wasn't surprised to hear that. Of course, it's hard to be married to a guy who's constantly stressed and depressed and you know drinking and all this stuff. But like these guys were genuinely surprised that their wife was having a hard time uh, because their wife had not expressed herself, right? Uh, that she hadn't said that it's hard because they were worried about managing this guy's emotions. And again, this can be a trauma response either from before or maybe just from currently for these folks. So again, there's a, there's a lot at the root of this, but again, it comes down to self-worth, potentially, you know, trauma around trying to manage other people's emotions and being fearful about what's going to happen if you don't. And then just kind of getting into this bad habit of not asking for what you want, of really feeling like you have to care for her, that kind of thing. Okay. So how do you get out of this, right? So how you get out of it is we've got to address these base things. So the biggest one, right? You got to develop a sense of self-worth that's solid and based in God's real opinion of you. You know, as Christian guys, we can really connect with that. So the book, You Are Special by Max Lucado, highly recommend it. You know, this really gets to the heart of, you know, what a lot of this is about. So in this, in this story, there's this group of people are called the Wemmicks and they walk around the city. And, you know, if you do something cool that people like, like you're a good singer or you, um, I don't know, you're good at business or whatever, people give you gold stars. So some people have lots of gold stars around the city. And if you did stuff people didn't like, they gave you these gray dots. So some people have lots of gray dots. And so this, this guy named Punchinello, right? Didn't really have a lot of talents, couldn't really do much. So he gets like lots of gray dots. And eventually he meets a girl who doesn't have any stars or any dots and people try to put them on her and they don't stick. And he's like, man, you know, how do you do that? Why, why aren't they sticking? And she's like, Oh, I just spent time with, with Eli, the carpenter. And he's like, huh? So he goes to see Eli one day and Eli is, you know, a metaphor for God. And, you know, he says, Hey, punch. No, I've been waiting for you. He's like, 
eventually I was like, why, you know, I didn't do anything really special here. And he's like, you know, you're special because I made you and I don't make mistakes. And he just felt that love from, you know, his creator. And, you know, he's like, yeah, but sometimes I'm going to forget. And he's like, it's okay. Just, you know, keep coming back. Keep reminding yourself of how much I love you. You know, I'll remind you, you know, come to me. I'll remind you. And so he walks out the door and one of the gray dots falls off. Really cool story. Um, but the point being, look, God cares about you. He loves you. Even if you were unfaithful, even if you have been in the mosquito cycle forever, you know, even if you get resentful and frustrated and angry, that your wife isn't having sex with you, right? Like God still loves you. He still cares. He's still there. And the more we base ourselves on that, you know, the less reliant we become on other people to give us these stars. So as high achieving guys, what's a little tricky is we, we tend to get lots of stars from people, right? Oh, wow. You're, you're such a great doctor. You're such a great dentist. You're so good at business. And, oh, you have so much money. And like the outside world does give us lots of stars. And so we can become dependent on that. And then with our, when our wife gives us that gray dot, right, we like, can't believe it. We can't stand it, but it's because we're just dependent, right? We become dependent on those gold stars instead of depending on that real message from God. The other thing that's hard about stars and dots is you, you kind of feel like you have to have more stars than other people to feel good enough. And so, you know, you're always kind of trying to impress people in one way or another versus getting that worth from God and really going out with this attitude like, hey, I'm good enough as I am, you know, and yeah, I can get better. And, and look, I have gifts and I want to use those to serve people. That feels way better and it's way more attractive to your wife. Okay. So that's one of the big core pieces. And that's one of the things we work on every day in the program is really connecting with God each day. Okay. The other big thing we need to do, right. Is understand that your wife is responsible for her, her own emotions. Okay. You're not responsible. First time I understood that it's like so freeing for me. And, you know, kind of looking back, I think it is because, you know, in my growing up, I kind of had some of that where I felt like I, uh, you know, sort of needed to manage, uh, emotions of some people close to me in my family and, you know, kind of realizing, Oh, like they were responsible for that. And my wife's responsible for emotions, not me. You know, it's very freeing. Okay. But on the other side of that, it's like, Oh, also I'm responsible for my emotions <laughs> and my self-worth and all of that. Right. So one of the things we're doing more in the program now is like really trying to connect with that younger you, right. That kind of got either, you know, neglected or, you know, got this message like, okay, you've got to achieve to be good enough and really addressing that, you know, getting to the root of that, you know, and realizing, Hey, like you don't have to take care of mom's emotions or Hey, even if they keep saying you have to be great to be worthy, that's not true. You know, like really you're, you're good as you are. You really are. And being able to have that connection, like guys, they're, they're crying, they're, you know, really getting in touch with their emotions for maybe the first time in a long time. Um, or maybe ever about some of this stuff. It's just super powerful. You know, when we do that, that's when real healing starts to happen when we address these deeper issues. Okay. So you, you take care of your own spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical well-being. You got to do that. Um, so, but you start doing that again, because you realize you're, you're worth it, right? You're worth taking care of being taken care of. You're worth taking care of yourself. Okay. In all of these areas. So now you're taking care of yourself. You realize your wife has her own emotions. Then you're still being kind to your wife, right? But just because that's who you want to be 
as a husband, right? It's not to make quote unquote, make her happy so that she'll make you happy or so you can feel good about yourself. It's just like, no, I already feel good about who I am and I'm going to serve my wife because that's who I want to be. It's the kind of husband I want to be. I want to be a caring husband. I want to feel love for my wife. Now, the thing is like when you take that empowerment in yourself, you are a million times more attractive than when you were doing all this stuff to try to get attention, appreciation, and affection back because you already didn't feel good enough. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. So it's counterintuitive, but again, the less you need that attention, appreciation, affection, sex, the more likely you are to get it because neediness and anxiety, it's not attractive and trying to manage your wife's emotions. It's not attractive versus feeling solid in who you are. It is attractive, right? Taking care of yourself is attractive. Serving your wife because you actually love her and not because you want something back. It is attractive. Okay. The other thing you get good at, right? Is identifying what you would like from your wife and asking for it. Okay. Developing those communication skills to actually make requests. Why do you make requests now? Because you realize, hey, like I'm just as important as my wife in this relationship. And it's it's fair for me to ask for what I want. That's fine. Right. And so you get to these win-win agreements where you both feel like you're winning with stuff like money, sex, in-laws, parenting, religion, housework, and time. You know, in all these areas, you feel like, hey, like this works for both of us. We're enjoying it. You're teammates, right? You're connected at that deep level. You have that friendship, you have that teamwork mentality, and things are just awesome. Okay. So you can get there. You totally can, right? So in summary, you know, codependency, it comes from this misplaced sense of self-worth and also feeling overly responsible for the emotions of others. That's basically where it comes from. Okay. You're trying to manage your self-worth through your wife, or you feel so responsible for emotions that you like freak out because you always want her to be happy. And when she's not, you're not. And you know, you won't risk making her upset because then you feel like you failed. Okay. So we got to get out of that. We got then to fix that. We get our worth from God right? Instead of from her. And then we go out and we serve her, right? Because we already feel good enough. You manage your own emotions and self-worth. You let your wife manage hers. Okay. You stop walking on eggshells because you're not worried about her emotional response. You're saying, Hey, like you're in charge of your emotions. If you're going to freak out about something that actually we need to talk about, that's your problem, right? It's not my problem. Okay. I'm not doing that to be mean, right? But just recognizing the truth, like she's an adult, she can manage her own emotions, right? Um, and then also taking care of that younger you that got these problematic messages about managing the emotions of other people, right? Whether that was through parents who are just very demanding, very critical, uh, or belief system that, that seemed to tell you you were never good enough, um, you know, uh, parents who were using drugs or alcohol or like combative or fighting a lot at home, Um you know, all these things, they, they do damage and they teach you this lesson, like, okay, I'm not good enough. And I have to manage the emotions of other people. So we got to get to that, help you take care of that younger part of you. We're doing that a lot more in the program. It's super powerful. Um, so then, you know, you feel good enough about who you are. You don't really feel responsible for your wife's emotions, but you feel responsible for being the man that you want to be. So you go out, you serve your wife, you're kind to her, you know, you do nice things for her because you want to be that husband who prioritizes his wife. Again, not because he needs to get attention, appreciation, affection, and sex back from her, but because he loves her. Okay. The love's going from you out. Okay. Now, when this happens, when you genuinely feel good about yourself, you genuinely are loving your wife. That's so attractive to her. 99% of the time, she's going to feel attraction back to you when you're able to do that. Okay. So you figure out what you want and need, right? You take care of what you can on your own and you ask for what you want from your wife. Okay. Because you realize, hey, we're both equally important in this relationship. She can manage her own emotions. Also, I need to ask for what I want. So we both feel like we're winning. Okay. So then you get to those win-win agreements in your marriage. 
and you feel like you're both one the water. You're both just loving life. You're both loving your marriage. You know, that's where my wife and I are at right now. Yeah, I shared a few weeks ago, we're kind of having some troubles. We use these same skills and here we are, right? In a great spot. And you can do it. You can totally do it. Just connecting with these skills. So if you want to learn how to do this, if you want to end codependency, okay, if you want to really have that deep connection with your wife, if you want to be enjoying your marriage each day, Okay, you can get there. Just come join our program, Love Intimacy and Legacy. It's for high achieving Christian men. So you're uh, a lot of guys in here. They're doctors. They're uh, they're dentists. They're uh, executives. They're business owners, right? So guys that are achieving well in their life and are Christian guys, um, you know, we, we all we share kind of some similar problems that need to be addressed. Okay. And we address those in this problem and really turn things around in a really powerful way. So come visit strongmenstrongmarriages.com. Uh, click on work with me. You'll fill out an application and we'll review that application on the call. So again, strongmenstrongmarriages.com or go to the link in the show notes. All right, men, stay strong. We will see you next episode. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please leave a review on iTunes and share the episode with a friend so we can help create stronger men and stronger marriages across the world. And if you're ready to take your strength training and your marriage to the next level, visit strongmenstrongmarriages.com to learn how. I'll see you there.